my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan. And today we're going to talk about the periodic table of elements. It seems like every science textbook that I've ever owned has had one thing in common. Somewhere in the book, usually tucked away in the secret back pages of arcane reference material, is a copy of the periodic table, more formally known as the periodic table of elements. In the next few episodes, we're going to look at this table in depth. Before we do, I just want to thank this week's sponsor, GoToMeeting by Citrix. Meeting with people is a great way to share ideas, collaborate on problems, and develop creative solutions. But unless you're all in the same place at the same time, it makes it really hard to do these things. Unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces, the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online. No matter where everyone is located, if you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces, not only can you see each other face-to-face, -face, but you can even share the same screen, making it easier for everyone to be on the same page. It's so easy to launch and join a meeting from anywhere using your computer, phone, or tablet. And now you can even present from your iPad. You can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. As you've probably seen before, the periodic table is made up of several squares arranged into columns called groups and rows called periods. Each square represents one chemical element. The groups and periods have specific properties that we'll discuss in a future episode, but today I want to talk about the information inside each square. In most textbooks, the largest symbol in each square is the chemical or atomic symbol. Elements with permanent names have symbols that are one or two letters long, such as H for hydrogen or SE for selenium, while relatively new or theoretical elements have three-letter designations, such as UUO for ununoctium. You might notice that some chemical symbols seem a bit odd. For example, why is lead symbol PB? Shouldn't that be the symbol for the peanut butter element? But there is a reason for these inconsistencies. Some elemental symbols come from the words used to describe these elements in other languages. Since the Latin word for lead is plumbum, it gets a symbol of PB. Similarly, aurum is the Latin word for gold, which explains why its chemical symbol is AU. Tungsten has a symbol of W, which comes from its German name, Wolfram. The next most prominent thing in the element square is the atomic number. As I mentioned in my episode, What are Atoms?, the atomic number tells you how many protons a specific element has. A hydrogen atom will always have one proton, while a helium atom will always have two protons, and so on. While almost every version of the periodic table will have chemical symbols and atomic numbers, the rest of the information packed into each square will vary somewhat depending on who printed the table. The next most common thing you're likely to see is the atomic weight of the element. The atomic weight of an element is the abundance-weighted average of the atomic masses of the most common isotopes for that element. How's that for confusing? Let's break that statement down a little bit using chlorine as an example. Every chlorine atom has 17 protons. 
Each of these protons weighs around one atomic mass unit, or 1U for short. You might remember from my episode, What are Atoms?, that atoms with the same number of protons but differing number of neutrons are referred to as isotopes. Most chlorine atoms, around 75.78%, have 18 neutrons. The majority of the rest, around 24.22%, have 20 neutrons. There are a handful of others that have different numbers, but those aren't very stable. Chlorine atoms with 18 neutrons have an atomic mass of around 34.97 U, while those with 20 neutrons have an atomic mass of 36.97 U. To calculate the atomic weight, we just need to figure out the abundance-weighted average, that is, the average of the atomic masses of each isotope, taking into account how abundant each of those isotopes are. So, we have 34.97 U times 75.78%, plus 36.97U times 24.22%, which equals 35.45U. Therefore, the atomic weight of chlorine is 35.45 atomic mass units. Sometimes you'll see the atomic weight of an element in parentheses. This is usually because there are no known stable isotopes of that element, so the mass of the isotope with the longest half-life is used as an approximation. One last item you might find in each square of the periodic table is a list of the number of electrons that element would normally have in each of its electron shells, a topic I'll discuss at more length in later episodes of this series. So there you have it, part one of our tour of the periodic table of elements. Next time, we'll look at the groups each set of elements is arranged into. While you're waiting for next week's episode, you can bide your time by jumping onto YouTube and looking up Tom Lear's world-famous element song. There's even a Daniel Radcliffe version, as well as a really cute version sung by a three-year-old. Check out the show notes for links. If you liked today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook, or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash qdteinstein. Until next time, I'm Lee Phelan with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for making sense of science. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.